Whatever's happening around you, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. I know it's so simple to say, and and, um, we're going to talk about Jesus tonight, obviously, but I said it during prayer time, and I really believe it. The more I watch what's happening in our world and, and see the requests that are coming in, if, if, you, if you just look at life with natural eyes, you're going to freak out. And that's why we need to keep our eyes on Jesus and, and look to him. I mean, he's the only way to get peace in this world because he is the prince of peace. And so uh, just remember, whatever's happening, whatever's going on, um, God is still on the throne. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, remember, God is on the throne. Let me give you some verses tonight. We're going to begin in Psalm 31, 19. And this is from the Amplified Bible. It says, Many hardships and perplexing circumstances confront the righteous, but the Lord rescues us from them all. I love that, that, that no matter what you're facing, whatever you're going through, God is going to rescue you. You keep your eyes on the one that you're following, and then he will keep you on the right way. He is the way, the truth, the life, as we just saw on the screen. He's the only one that matters. He is the source. He is our life. When I am weak, he is strong. This last uh, Tuesday, first Tuesday, I actually looked at Psalm 27, and we won't do that again tonight, but I just want one verse from Psalm 27, and the reason I picked Psalm 27 is because David uh, is going through one of the worst parts of his life, and Uh, none of it's his fault, right? I mean, he didn't ask it early in life to be anointed king or to have to face the giant or for for Saul to hate him or for him to have to be on the run early in life. I mean, he didn't ask for any of these things, so he cries out to the Lord. And in Psalm 27, 4, he says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Just that one thing, just that one desire, it's all right there. This is the only thing I seek. And I love that word, to gaze, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to, to fix our eyes on Jesus. And, and that's what we're going to do tonight. So I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out and just something to take notes. And probably the notes are more important even tonight because there's going to be so many scriptures we're looking at. I'd love for you to write down. Um, all the different scriptures and anything that comes on the screen, um, because again, I believe that it's going to speak to you. But we're going to look at, at three reasons why Jesus came tonight. We're going we're just talking about Jesus these weeks, and, and three reasons he came. And I just want to tell you, he loves you so much. I mean, when you watch that video and you see all of his names, they're all names for you that he loves you, and he has so much for you. And I don't know about you, but I want all that Jesus has for me. So. The first reason Jesus came, and this is probably the most simple one, we've talked about it many times before, Luke 19.10, words in red in your Bible, it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Why did Jesus come? He tells us why he came right here, to seek and save the lost. So write that down. He came to seek and save uh, the lost. He came to be your Savior. And so if you feel lost today, It's good, because Jesus came to rescue you. He came to save you, and God is chasing you, no matter who you are, no matter if you're watching online or listening to this later, God is always chasing us down. 
God loves you. It says in John 3.16, and we all know it, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So he came just to give his life for you and me, that, that he loved us first. We've already talked about that in the series, that he loves us first. That, that, and he doesn't love us after we start loving him, like when we give our heart to him, then he gives us his heart. No, he was chasing us with his heart before we ever loved him. That's who he is. And we think, well, I got to get this right or that right in life. You know what? He just loves you. That's his heart for you. He is coming after you. He's always loved you. He always will love you. And the reason is because we were created for relationship with God. And that's all God ever wanted. He wanted that relationship with us. That's why he came, because you and I need a Savior, right? I mean, we don't have this all together. We've made many mistakes, and so we need someone to come and save us and rescue us. And so we're grateful for that. But in this coming to be our Savior, it's not just that he loved us and came and died on a cross. It's that he found us as well. Like, he searches for us, and then he finds us. And so you've been found by God. That's why you're here tonight. You've been found by God. And when you're found by God, he says, okay, I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you into my family. Now, you were born into a natural family here on this earth, but then he says, I found you, and now I'm going to place you into my family. You're going to be born of me. You're going to be born again because now you belong to me. And when we belong to him, he makes us righteous, not in our righteousness, but his. So this is the important part. He's made us righteous, and over and over again in the Bible, God says, I uphold the righteous. So that's you. God upholds you. God's got you. He's taken care of you because he's made you righteous. And so we're hidden in his mercy and his grace and his love, and the Bible tells us that those are are new every single morning of our life. I mean, that's what Jesus brings to our lives. Because Jesus finds it. He doesn't leave us lost. I think that's the best thing, right? He doesn't just leave us lost. He comes searching for us, and he gives us a new life. Here's something to write down. We can't be who we are called to be if we focus on who we were. We can't become who we're called to be if we focus on who we were. See, Jesus doesn't want to leave you the way you are or the way you were. He wants to take you somewhere. He's got a call in your life. And and so, look, there's, there's no missing pieces to our life. When you have Christ, you have everything that you need. So I want you to think about that. I have everything that I need. It says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10, And in Christ you've been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So in Colossians, that, that city, Colossae, was thinking they had to do this or that or the other thing to get closer to God. And, and Paul's saying, no, when you have Jesus, you have everything. You don't need to go seeking out something new, something better. You have everything when you have Christ. And, and you think, this is really good. Well, Jesus is over every power, every authority, everything else. And so when you have Jesus, you have everything. Think about it like you're shopping online. So you find your item and you put it in the cart, right? And, and then you, you, know, you, you put the, the address and the payment and you press click and you purchase it. And it's like, oh, man, that's, it's, it, it's yours, right? Because you paid for it. It's, it's on its way. And I think we have to think about that in our life, that what we have in God, we have already. That it's, and if it, if it isn't there, it's on its way. Because he's given us everything that we need. And if there's anything you need, 
Bible says, let, let them ask. And he's a good father who gives good gifts. And, and so we have what we need. We have everything that we need. We have to be in Christ. A lot of times we think about Christ coming and living in our heart, and, and that's a good way to think about it because he talks about living inside of us. But I want us to think about living inside of him, that we belong to him, that our life is caught up with his life. See, Jesus has given us everything. We lost everything in Adam when, we, you know, when we're part of our families here on earth. Yes, there's sin and there's garbage and all these things. We lost everything with Adam, but we got everything back with Jesus, and we live in this new covenant that we don't have to worry about how we feel or what the world says about us. We have to live in faith that I am in Christ, and in Christ I have everything. I have to have my faith in Christ because everything that we have in life comes through faith. And so I have to have faith that I am in Christ and that God, gets, that God gives me all that I need. So he came to seek and save the lost you're not the same. You're brand new. Uh, he's changed your life. But that's not the only reason he came. That's just the first reason he came. Probably the, the simplest reason he came. But he came for other reasons as well. And so look at 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, For this reason the Son of Man, or the, excuse me, the Son of God, appeared to destroy the devil's work. That Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. Now, that is really good news, that Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil because the devil is out of control right now, isn't he? But he came to destroy the work of the devil. Now, John, in that passage, is talking in the context of sin and, and that he came to destroy the power of sin in our life. And so if you are struggling tonight, as you're here, uh, there's good news that God is here and he is for you, that he has saved you from sin, but he's also saved you from the power of sin, that he came to destroy the work of the devil in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, this goes back to that, that he became sin for us. He came to be our savior. That was the first reason he came, but he came to make us righteous, that we would be in him. He came to be like us so that we can be like him. Again, that idea of righteousness, and God upholds the righteous, that that's who we are. But you got to realize who the devil is. His name literally means accuser. It literally means um, uh, the, that he's a slanderer. That's what his name actually means, that he is the slanderer. That he's going to remind you of how bad you are. And how bad everything is. And, and just he's going to try to get into your mind and into your heart and accuse you of all of these things. But Jesus says, no, the, I've, I've broken the power of the enemy in your life. I came to destroy the work of the devil. Basically, Jesus is saying, you don't belong to sin. You don't belong to the enemy. You don't belong to this world. You belong to me. That's what he's saying. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 it says, for sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. That you don't owe sin anything, because you don't belong to sin. It's not your master. It's not your landlord. It can't demand anything of you. You belong to God. You belong to Jesus. And we have to keep that in our heart and in our mind. 
Uh, It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 18, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man the many were made sinners, also through the obedience of the one man many were made righteous. That we lost a lot of things in Adam, right? But in Jesus, they're all found again. They're all replaced because Jesus changes everything. That when you have Jesus, you have everything. Here's something to write down. There is no sin in your life that is more powerful than Jesus. There's no sin in your life that is more powerful than Jesus. See, Jesus broke the power of sin. And, and so what, I'm just going to give you some, some help tonight. Fight back against sin. You don't have to just sit there and just let it pile on. You can fight back because the victory's already been won. Look at what James says in James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then uh, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So that's what you, resist the devil. You can fight back. You don't have to play along. You can fight back and say, not today, Satan. And you can then say, okay, God, I am drawing near to you. And when we draw near to him, what's the promise? He'll draw near to us. So that's what we have in Christ. You may say, this is, it's just too hard. It's just too overwhelming. My sin is just, it's got me. It might be too hard for you, but it's not too hard for Jesus. We have to remember that. It is not too hard for the power of God. A few weeks ago, I preached on the three temptations that Jesus went through, and and we talked about each one of those. And we have to remember that in those temptations, yes, Jesus is fully God, but he's fully man as well. And he overcame those temptations. See, if he was only in his divinity, he could have totally destroyed Satan right there on the spot. But he's in his humanity, and he wants to show us this is how you get through it. You overcome the devil by resisting the devil, by using the word of God. You don't have to go along with what the devil tells you. You can fight back. And so Jesus gives us that example in the wilderness with the temptations as fully man but fully God. In that moment, he says, look, this is how you overcome the enemy. And so let me give you three steps. These are just simple things to help you resist the enemy in your life so that you can follow through what we're talking about, how you can have victory. So these three things are on the screen. Number one, seek the power of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. That's what Jesus did, right? Right after the the baptism, he is anointed by the Spirit. The Spirit descends on him as a dove, and he's sent out into the wilderness, and, and so he has the power of God. And he has the word of God, that every temptation was fought with the word of God. See, the devil's a liar. The devil's a slanderer. He's an accuser. And so he's going to try to use lies against you, but God's word is true, and it's true forever. So we use God's word to fight back. Stay away from tempting situations. I mean, that should be like a no-brainer, right? But sometimes we put ourselves in places that we shouldn't be, right? We go to places that we know we always get in trouble when we go there or different times of the day or maybe alone at your computer. You've got to just stay away from situations that lead you into temptation. You have to fight back. So stay away from tempting situations. And then the last one is seek help from the body of Christ. 
See, we need to be in church because, one, we hear God's word and we draw near to him and we have brothers and sisters in Christ, but we need small groups and we need friends. We need people that hold us accountable, that cheer us on, you know, that pray for us. We need that in our life. And so I encourage you just to, to put these into place to help you overcome because you, you've got to realize, and again, I don't know if it's on the screen or not, but it should be, uh, the devil is defeated. Whoa, kids are having fun. Yeah, the devil is defeated. The devil is defeated. When, when you repeat that in your mind, you've got to believe it, receive it, walk in it. You just, you just gotta, you've got to rehearse that. Devil, you've already been defeated. And, and you just got to get that inside of you. Because your identity is not in this world. It's not in yourself. It's in Christ. And Christ has already won the victory. It is finished, was said on the cross. And I need to walk in that, just, devil, you've been defeated. You've been defeated in every situation. Your, your end is already signed, sealed, and delivered. You're going to burn in the lake of fire, and you will be no more. And so just stop it today, right? Just stop it in my life. Stop it in my family. Stop it in the church. Stop it in the world. Just, again, we have to speak life because the devil has been defeated. John 10.10 10 says, another reason Jesus came, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we know what the devil does, right? So I've come, Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. I love this verse. I mean, I think we all know it, but, but why did Jesus come? You can write it down. Jesus came so that you'll have abundant life. Different translations uh, translate this different ways, rich, satisfying, full, like that we'd have this abundant, rich, satisfying, full life. God wants you to have a full life. And if you're here tonight and you're like, man, I don't feel like I have a full life. I've been struggling these last few days. You know, just I'm glad you're here because Jesus says, this is why I came. I came that you might have abundant life. You can write this down. God's love for you will never run out. God's love for you will never run out. I want us to remember that everything God does, he does in abundance. That's who he is. He is an abundant God. He's abundant in love. He's abundant in provision. Everything that he promises in his word is above and beyond. He says, pray, and I'll give you more than you could ever ask or think. He is a God of abundance. Now, the, the devil will lie to you and say that he's a God of scarcity or he doesn't do anything at all. But God in his word says, no, I'm a God of abundance. And it's not based on performance. It's not based on what we do. or it, It's just simply a gift. It's just, it's just a father giving a child a gift. I, I love you. You don't have to work for this. You don't have to perform for this. I just love you. This is not an award. You are already approved. I are already approved. So it's Mark's birthday. He just left. He might be listening, so I won't tell you when I got him. But, um, but he's been bugging me every single day. Dad, I want this. Dad, did you get that yet? Dad... And, and I just had to say, Mark, you know I love you, and I will bless you on your birthday. And, and do you trust me? Yes, Dad, I trust you. And then the next day, Dad, did you, did you get it yet? Did you get it? And that's just, it's natural, right? You know? Oh, he's coming back, so I'll stop talking. Okay, so, uh, so but, but again, we, we think, like, we just have to trust that he is a good father. He's going to bless us in abundance. And, and again, we don't have to look for approval. Um, so 
you know, another funny thing, I'll tell the story on Mark again. Um, so, so yeah, hey, Mark. So, um, uh, Mark uh, saved up his money. He's buying this new computer. And uh, so we're at the store to buy the computer. And uh, they, um, uh, they said, if, what was it with the credit card? Like, if you try to get a credit card, you know, you get all this stuff free and this much money off and everything. And so we say, all right, well, we'll try. And he's never got a credit card before in his life and, you know, things like that. And so we're like, you know, and so you, you, you sit there waiting for that approval, right? And you're just like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, and I think we've all had that experience at some point in life, right? Uh, am I approved or not approved? I don't, I, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of everybody here, you know, that kind of thing. And, and what's beautiful about God, you're already approved, right? You got the letter in the mail. You're already approved. You already got this. You, you got the letter in the mail. You're already approved. You don't, have to, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to perform for it. You don't have to beg for it. You're already approved by a God who gives abundant gifts to his children. We've got to get that in our heart and mind because the devil's going to lie to you and say God is stingy and God won't do this. You've got to realize that he loves you. And so we have to start believing that. A lot of times we're like, well, I'll behave. I'll be a good guy. No, start believing. Start believing because you are a child of God. John 1.12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Abundant life is yours. It's promised because you belong to God. You have all that you need. This is, I love this verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him, Jesus, graciously give us all things? Like, he's already given us Jesus. He's going to give us everything we need. What's he going to hold back from us if he's already given us his one and only son, right? God's going to give us all that we need. And you can say, but I'm, I'm so messed up, or I'm so broken, or this situation, or that situation. I don't even know how we'd get out of that situation. You know what? God's a good God, and, and Romans 8.28 is still in the Bible, right? It's there every time you open it, that he's going to work everything together for good. That somehow, even in situations like, I don't know how this could ever turn around, God, you can do it. And again, we have to get that faith. We have to believe, okay, God, somehow, some way, you are going to bring good about through the situation. We have to have faith. We have to put our faith in God, in his word, and live accordingly. So all these things, right? All these things that we've been talking about that, that you know, we have a Savior who loves us, that he came to destroy the work of the devil. He came to give us abundant life. All these things that we've been talking about, they only come from Jesus. You're not going to get this on your own. You're not going to save yourself. You're not going to overcome the enemy. You're not going to have an abundant life on your own. They only come from Jesus. That's why he came. He came to give you these things. It says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's that simple. If I have Jesus, I have everything I need. If I don't have Jesus, I've got nothing. You know, that's it. He's the vine. We're the branch. If I'm, I'm attached to him, i got everything apart from him. I got nothing. You're not going to do this on your own. You're not going to do this in the world. You're only going to do this through Jesus. It's all about him. And here's the, the last thing you can write down about why he came. He came for you. He came for you. That's why Jesus came. He came 
for you because he loves you. He's called you. You belong to him. You don't have to just say, okay, Jesus, I'll add you to my life. It's not like that. You know, a lot of times like, well, I'll say a prayer and I'll add Jesus to my life. No, we're called to make Jesus the holy center of our life. Like, this doesn't work without Jesus, so I better submit everything that I am to him. I have to bow my knee to him. There, there is no other way but through Jesus. And so I don't just add him on to the many things already in my life. No, I say, Jesus, you are the one and only. It's all about you. Because if you look at the world and try to get it from the world, you will freak out. You've got to get it from him because he came to seek and to save the lost. He came to chase us down with his love. He came to destroy the work of the devil. He came to win that victory for you. He came to give us abundant life. Imagine if we lived in the abundant life that he has for us. So how do we get this? These are the three action steps. I'll give them to you tonight. How do we receive everything from Jesus that we've been talking about? Number one, repent. Repent. Now we think of the word repent, and it's such an important word because it's the very first command in the New Testament when John the Baptist is talking about Jesus. Repent, you know, for the kingdom of God is hand. You know, Jesus is coming. You need to repent, and we need to repent. And we repent, and that word literally means to turn around to turn around, to walk in a new direction. I don't walk according to sin. I walk according to righteousness. But it also, when you think about this word in, in the Greek, it's, it's speaking, it literally means thinking a different way. That I turn my thinking around. I turn this mind that God has given me around and in a new direction. Instead of thinking like the world or acting like the world or, or thinking whatever thoughts pop into my mind, because that's how the enemy gets to us, is I, I think... A different way. I think according to God's word. I, I think what God tells me to think. It says in Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten, verse five: "Take every thought a captive and make it obedient to Christ." That I, that I just change the way I think. So when my mind starts going crazy and starts freaking out, okay, God, I am taking that thought captive and I'm making it obedient to you. I'm going to repent. I'm going to change direction in my mind. I'm going to change direction in my mind. Jesus, you are number one. You are number one. The second thing we got to need to do is just shut the door on the devil. Shut the door on the devil. Just shut that door and lock it. Resist the devil. Fight back. I just, I, I just say, especially in October, right, there's so much junk on TV and so many scary things out there because it's how, listen, actively avoid evil in every way. Just avoid evil. The, the devil thinks it's cute this time of year to show up here. Listen, actively avoid evil. Just resist him. He's defeated. Shut the door on the devil. Okay? Shut that door. Number three, wholehearted obedience. And we've been talking about this, um, man, we've been, I don't know how long we've been talking about this, the last number of weeks, is that blessings follow obedience. So you can go back and listen to any of the message. We've been talking about how blessings follow obedience. So when I obey God, the blessings follow me. So when I obey, blessings follow me, and so I've got to be wholeheartedly obedient to Jesus, the one who came for me, the one that saves me, the one who gives me power over the enemy, the one that gives me abundant life. I've got to be wholly obedient to him. I told you there's three, but there's actually four. Here's the last thing. Last one is this. Don't keep it a secret. 
Don't keep it a secret. Jesus isn't just for you. He's for the world. He loves everybody. That's why I said, for God so loved the world. And I think sometimes we get scared to share our faith, but don't, don't be afraid because, man, what we talked about tonight is really good news. And Jesus came to save us. He came to set us free. He came to give us life abundant. I mean, all of those things are what everybody that has ever been born is looking for. Don't keep it to yourself. Share your faith. Share Jesus with this world. He tells us, that's kind of his last command, and, and when he's going up to heaven, it's like, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world, and that gospel literally means good news. The good news I just talked about, just give it to everybody. Believe everything that we've talked about tonight. Get it inside of your heart. Live according to God's word, and then share it with everybody you meet. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me tonight? We're going to worship the Lord a little bit more tonight before we go, and, and just... Uh, just a quiet moment, so the worship team's coming back up, and we're just going to sing that song we sang earlier, set a fire, you know, deep in our soul, and, and um, I believe Jesus wants to set that fire tonight. I really do. I believe um, that he loves you so much, and he has so much for your life, that I, just, I want you just to press in. I want you to, to really press in. I want you to realize that he came for you and how much he loves you and that he found you. <laughs> I love that. He found you. He, he was looking for you and he found you and he's, he's been at work in your life. I love that, that he has destroyed the work of the devil. Like That's why he came devil has been having a field day in too many lives for too long and it's time to resist it's time to remind the devil of his future it's time to walk in the victory that you have you have the power of Christ living inside of you. You have everything you need for every single day of your life and God gives it to us in abundance we don't have to beg we don't have to live in scarcity or lack we live in abundance when we live in Christ. Lord, we just surrender our hearts and our lives to you tonight. Jesus, I thank you that you came. I thank you that everything about you is good news. Lord, the only bad news is us, the world, the devil. God, you are the good news. And so we, we choose your side. We choose your way. We we bow before you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, a new king and a new kingdom. Lord, we just love you tonight. We honor you, and now we, we worship you tonight. I'm going to ask everyone just to stand, and let's sing that song, Set a Fire Inside My Soul. No.